Hello, I am Micah Woods, the Chief Scientist at the Asian Turfgrass Center. This is the ATC Double Cut, where I take a second look at some of the content on the ATC blog. This one has a bit of travel and golf course design, golf course architecture, and uh, culture to it because we're going to have a golf course architect and a world traveler on the show as a special guest. It is Paul Jansen from Jansen Golf Design and Construction. Welcome to the show, Paul. Thank you very much, Micah. Lovely, lovely to be here. It is a pleasure to have you on the show. We've known each other now for, gosh, 13, 14 years. When uh, you were working for Faldo Design, and you were the lead designer for Faldo Design, if I understand correctly, on the Laguna Long Co project, which won Best New Course in Asia after it opened. And that was a project um, that's just north of Da Nang in Vietnam. That's right. Yeah, it's, uh, that was about uh, an hour north of Da Nang between the uh, cities of Hue and uh, Da Nang. So lovely, lovely uh, location. Um, you know, and had the uh, good, good fortune of traveling uh, there, you know, over, gosh, I mean, I first probably made the trip out there in 2005 or six um, to look at the land. And I think it only opened in 2013. And I probably made a good 20 to 30 trips in between. So well, that'll, that'll get you some uh, frequent flyer miles. <laughs> or were you flying in one of uh, Sir wow. Nick's uh, uh, private jets? <laughs> yeah, well, I was, I was funny, you know, when I started that, that pro project, I was living in London, UK, I was traveling from there, halfway through it, I was in Switzerland, living there. And when I completed that, I was in Canada. So, you know, so I kind of spanned uh, three, three countries. So, uh, uh, yeah, you know, certainly, certainly uh, traveled a, a fair, fair amount to actually get to, uh, to, uh, to Vietnam. But, now, uh, for you know, people who... For people who don't know you, Paul, you're originally from uh, from Africa, aren't you? That's right. Yeah, I, um, I I I tend to to say to people that I'm from South Africa, but in fact, I was actually born in Zimbabwe, which uh, which actually back at uh, back back then it was called Southern Rhodesia. So on my birth certificate, it's got I was born in Salisbury, Southern Rhodesia, and of course, you know, none of those places exist anymore. It's now Harare, Zimbabwe. But but uh, I was born there. My you know my, my folks were uh, my my mum was from from England. My my dad was from uh, Zimbabwe, uh, and we moved down to South Africa when I was about five or six years old. Um, Durban, um, which is on on the east coast. Uh, I went to school there, um, and then uh, I studied um, up at um, up at Witz, up in um, up in Johannesburg. Um, so you know, spent spent pretty much all, all of my childhood in um, in uh, in Worcester, South Africa. Um, but I mean, since since then, I've uh, yeah, I would have been uh, all over. So you've yeah, you've uh, traveled quite a bit through Asia. You've traveled. Uh, you're familiar with golf all over the world, and you're currently living in uh, Ontario, Canada. If if I am correct yes. about that location, yeah. Yes, yes. So I, yeah, so I've got quite a place here in Toronto. I also have a small little place in London, U, UK, but I haven't been using that uh, as as much. Uh, but, uh, you know, this this is my this is my family base, uh, you know, and this is uh, where I come back, back to my, you know, my wife and kids are here. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so this is my, my home. Well, cool. Um, we're going to jump into this real quick, but I will just put up your website. It is jansengolf.com. For anybody who wants to check it out, and I, in fact, I just did check it out, and I see that it's been updated a little bit, and it shows that you also have you've got your own company, Jansen Golf Design and Construction, but you also have the affiliation with Pell's Player Greens, which is that artificial turf that's very high quality for backyard practice uh, centers, and you know, I see on Instagram and uh, like YouTube or various social media. Some really cool videos of um, those type of practice, uh, short game practice areas for people that are really serious about golf. It, I mean, it looks fun and it looks like it's a pretty serious way to practice your game for people that are into that. Yeah, no, you know, certainly. I mean, uh, you know, a bit of a, a backstory there. Um, 
I guess around, around about 2017, 2018, um, you know, I was I was getting quite tired of, of travel. Uh, you know, my wife was getting a bit tired uh, of, of travel. You know, I have a I have a, a young young family, um, and uh, I was having coffee with with a good good friend of mine called Wayne McDonald, who's a a a, 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 a partner. But but Wayne Wayne was a, a topwoods a Canadian golfer through the the, the late sixties early seventies, and he knew Dave Pell very well. Um, you know, they were great great friends. Um, through through uni and you know through through golf, and he said to me, he said, you know, I, you know, you know, have you ever seen Dave Pelz's backyard? I said, no, I hadn't, I hadn't, but you know, I I was had heard about it, and he said, well, why don't we, i.e., him and I, make make a trip down to uh, Texas, where uh, where where Dave's based, uh, you know, have a look at his backyard, meet me, Dave, meet the family, you know, and you know, maybe maybe there's was a potential to would to take that and actually do do more of that. So we went down, and uh, I would have spent uh, a day initially with with Dave and his and his wife JP and his son Eddie, um, and we got on like like a house on fire. And you know, he was to show me his backyard, which is it's about four and a half acres uh, of artificial turf, um, and it's was a design for his pros. So he has Phil Mickelson there, Patrick. Reed. In fact, I was there about six weeks ago, and he had just had Patrick Reed there. Um, but uh, you know, it was was a design so that his pros could come and would some practice like like real but of course being his backyard you know he you know he he didn't have the, the know-how experience to maintain it so having this this is artificial grass made made sense and dave being a nasa scientist before he was a golf coach he he worked with Sinlawn, who was to create this this turf that looked and played like real and then he was to created what is called the shot stopper that actually goes underneath the turf so kind of imagine like a usga green but it's kind of a a artificial official turf cut green but it's got this, this sub layer of sand rubber that you hit shots to and and the, and the, the kind of ball you know reacts like like real so yeah you know so one thing led there to another and we would script you know created pals play greens which is kind of the, the design build arm of, of day pals and you know we've been we've been certainly quite busy uh, in that space and not just golf you know not not just short game practice but also like golf entertainment so putting courses and driving ranges and and whatnot so it's been fun, you know. Uh, I've learned, learned a lot these last few years. That's that's good. Yeah, that's a that's busy and doing things on a different scale. I think yeah. than uh, than when you're doing a, a eighteen hole or thirty six hole project yes. on land. So very cool, very cool. Well, you also have Twitter. You don't use that so much recently, but you're Paul Jansen Golf at Twitter and. Uh, I checked your last tweet was from Kea Golf Club, a project that we've both that you yeah. you led the design. I do some uh, consulting for the turf for that club, and you did a master plan for them and a complete bunker renovation, a few new tees and stuff that was uh, completed during the pandemic. You made a couple trips, I believe, and uh, yes. that turned out very well. Yes, no, certainly. I mean, you know, very, very happy. I mean, you know, we were we were incredibly lucky, uh, or at least I, I was incredibly lucky to kind of work with, with such a with a professional bunch of guys. You know, so so not being on site at the end of, of the day didn't, didn't matter as as much really. You know, I had a Andrew, uh, you know, he was he was absolutely fantastic. You know, the 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 client. Uh, you know, we had some really good shapers on that job. Um, you know, so it was really quite, quite easy, uh, at the end, um, you know, and I would, would sort of liaise with them each, each day, uh, through, through the, uh, the, the, the bunker rebuild and, uh, you know, it, it was, it turned out really good. So hopefully, hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully I get, get out there, uh, uh, you know, relatively soon to, to, to see it. Hopefully, hopefully I do too. I've just been looking at pictures. I was there, I was there, uh, right when the pandemic was getting started, but we could still travel. I was there in February of 2020 and I haven't been back, but uh, hopefully I will soon. I'm looking forward to it. So on this show, Paul, uh, I use many of the hundreds of blog posts that uh, I have. And generally I'm doing five, four or five new ones a month, which matches pretty well with a podcasting or video s schedule because I can do about one per week or something like that, just just covering the new ones. But I also have this archive of 
uh, hundreds of old posts, classic ones, that are also on the website. So anytime I want to have a guest on, or if I want to talk about a particular topic, I just jump into the archives, and I can often pull out something that will be relevant to that guest's expertise or relevant to that guest's interests. And certainly, because it's on the ATC blog, it's going to be relevant to my interest because at some time in my life, I thought it was worth writing about. And what we're going to talk about today is a post that I called the best golfing destination in Asia. And it was a response to a tweet that you posted back on, is it March 27th of... 2013. And you said at that time, and I think it was just after one of your trips or maybe during one of your trips to Laguna Lanco, you said Vietnam and in particular the Da Nang area proving to be a great golfing destination in Asia. Where is the next Asian golf hotspot? And we of course had had this conversation informally uh, um, you know, privately, we'd we'd discuss these things because we were working together on that project, and you were writing articles at at that time for the Hong Kong Golfer, I think. Um, That's right. Yes. And so you'd written about the great golfing destination of Vietnam, and um, anyway, so you asked that question, and I had an answer, and I said that. Uh, well, here's what I wrote. I said, well, I. I agree with Paul that Vietnam is a great destination for tourism and for golf. My choice is Hokkaido for the best golfing destination in Asia. My recommendation comes with a caveat. The golfing season in Hokkaido is short, but what a season it is, exclamation mark. And I went on to give some reasons why I think Hokkaido is the best. And it includes variety, um, it includes turf type, it includes food, and so on. And I don't know, have you ever been to Hokkaido? I haven't. I haven't. Uh, you know, I've, 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 I've been to Japan, obviously, um, a fair amount. And, you know, since, since, since 2013, um, and, we've, and we've even traveled some of the, uh, the actual courses around J- J- Japan. I mean, north of Tokyo, Tokyo um hawk naido uh, you know obviously down in fukuoka and there's clearly a lot of a lot of variety there and it's a and it's a pretty special place uh, no no doubt um but no you know i haven't i haven't been to uh, hokkaido uh, i've heard it's good i've heard it's very, very good for skiing um you know i'm not so so sure about golf but uh um if it's if it's anything like the rest of japan then then i'm i'm i'm, I'm sure it's pretty pretty special okay I'm going to just show a few pictures, maybe a little video. A very I don't often take a video of a bowl of ramen, but <laughs> um, I, I had the most amazing ramen at a golf course for lunch that I had to take a video of it. So let me make a case for Hokkaido and make a case for, I mean, well, it does not surprise me that you haven't been there. Because I think a lot of people haven't been there for golf. They might have gone in the winter to ski, or they might have heard about it, um, but they just haven't been there. I want to make a case for why it's such a great golf destination and encourage you to perhaps go there. And really, I want to encourage people that do travel in Asia a lot, like people from Singapore, people from Hong Kong, maybe people from Australia. But really, it's more like, people from Bangkok, people from Manila. It's really hot in these places. Parts of the year, it's uh, it's miserable weather to play golf in this part of the world. You can shoot up to Hokkaido. It's a six or seven hour flight from most of these areas. Um, if you can go direct or you take a shorter flight to Tokyo or Osaka or Nagoya and connect, and, and they have pretty easy connections up to Hokkaido. And then suddenly you're transported into what I am happy to argue again and again is the best golfing destination in Asia. So number one, I I listed out the reasons. Number one is variety. And there are over 150 golf courses to choose from in Hokkaido. 
So if we think of a place like Phuket, uh, where you've also done some work, Paul, Phuket has what? Uh, less than 10 courses, maybe? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. And if we think of the entire country of Vietnam, where they're building golf courses rapidly, I don't know what the number is right now, um, but I guess it's less than 100 in the whole country that are open. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. You know what? I don't know. I mean, when I was was out there, there was probably only about twenty five or so. But I mean, I, mm-hmm. I I do know that uh, that that there's been a a, a rapid growth in, in golf. But so in in Hokkaido, we're talking about a relatively small geographic area uh, with one hundred and fifty golf courses, uh, more than one hundred and fifty. Where as in other places, you don't have so much variety. So um, in in Hokkaido. The most expensive courses you could play would be about in U.S. dollars, probably about four hundred dollars around um, would be the most expensive, and the cheapest golf courses would be probably I'll say forty dollars around. So you're looking at uh, the price to play eighteen holes of somewhere. Maybe it's even a little bit less than forty if you get a. Uh, get a promotion especially with the weekend right now but let's say the the price range is something like forty dollars up to four hundred dollars so you get a wide range of courses and many of the courses are are really nice designs by famous designers for quite reasonable prices um this is i show a picture here of the brooks golf club which is near chitose airport that's the main sapporo airport it looks like it's in pretty good uh pretty good condition and it's a uh, nice cool pleasant weather and it's it's beautiful pleasant weather up there because it's in the far north of japan so it's kind of like for americans when they would go to uh, michigan or wisconsin or something to play to avoid some of the heat in the south number two breakfast lunch and dinner every meal uh the reason why it's a great golfing destination is because you're not just going to be playing golf you are going to eat too. And I wrote that in a country that's renowned for excellent food, Hokkaido stands out for having some of the best seafood, meat, fruit, and produce. There is just uh, excellent food in Japan, excellent uh, food and drink, especially in Hokkaido. It's just superb. Um, I I show a picture of some courses from an evening meal. This is all from uh, the same restaurant. Um, because you do tend to get a lot of variety. And I put a picture of the Hokkaido Classic Golf Club, which is a Jack Nicklaus signature design there. And then there is the famous ramen video. And I mentioned that the golfing experience in Japan usually includes a lunch at the clubhouse, which I think you've you've observed. Or actually, we did that when we played at um, Hakone, uh, didn't we? Uh, we... We played at Hakone Golf Club together, didn't we, Paul? That's right. That's right. And, yeah. and I think, I know I had a beer before the round, and I can't, I'm sure we stopped, in, I, we did stop in the clubhouse and, uh, and have our lunch. So, yeah, it's typical in Japan to have a beer to relax, and uh, no matter really what time of day, then you go play golf, and you, you stop and have lunch. And if I can make this video play check out this seafood ramen that has um, various types of seafood in it and it's brought to the table boiling and it was just the the uh, most delicious smell and the most delicious taste it was really quite a bowl of ramen you know what i've still got a couple more re- couple more reasons but I'm going to pause because it's a powerful argument that I'm making here and let you suggest some of the areas that you want to recommend as the best golfing destinations in Asia. Well, I mean, I, I, I wrote that, uh, that, that text uh, almost 10 years ago now. I mean, that was, as I say, March 27, uh, 2013. And uh, I've, I've, I've clearly seen a lot since then. Um, you know, uh, places that I would like like to talk talk about, and you know, and then we'll get onto that. But let me, but let me first uh, make make a case for Danang because I, you know, I, I still I still stand by that in in the sense that was you know Danang's a great great place to go, and it's got even better from a golfing perspective. 
I mean, when I wrote that uh, that tweet 2013, I, I believe there were only three golf courses. And of course, you you mentioned variety, and you know the three golf courses that were there at the time: uh, uh, Montgomery Links, uh, the Danang Golf Club, which I believe has changed its name. I think it's BRG now, um, and obviously Laguna Lanco are all very very different. Um, you know, in the sense uh, of how they play and how they look. Um, you know the the ground that they you know kind of was to traverse over as well is uh, is uh, somewhat diff different as well. And I mean since since 2013, I, I believe that they've opened up um, another two golf courses, Barna Hills, which is in the the mountains. Um, I managed to see that during the clearing exercise. I haven't seen that open, uh, but that would be a was a completely different experience from the other three. Uh, and then of course, uh, um, is it Hoana Shores? Yeah, Hoyana, Hoyana. Yeah, which which looks a lot more, I suppose, links-like, being being close to the coast and you know free of trees and you know lots of humps and bumps and uh, uh, you know whatnot. So you know from from a variety perspective, okay, maybe there's not 150 golf courses, but they've got five that are that are vastly uh, different from 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 uh, you know from one another. You know from from a, a golf course architecture perspective. You know, I'd like, like to think that they're all very, very good golf courses. At least, you know, there was the three that I'd seen. I mean, the uh, Montgomery Links is probably probably one of the best IMG design golf courses I've seen. I mean, the um, there was a Danang golf course, uh, the the Greg Norman Harley Cruise course is, is a really fantastic course, and you know, it kind of sits uh, it sits beautifully within its you know you know within its terrain. Uh, and then, of course, you've got uh, Lanco, which has got this mix of of the environments with the jungle and the rocks and the sea and you know the the rice paddy fields so you know you know from from a um from from a was a variety uh, perspective i would like like to think that was a denang would would match uh hokkaido all albeit that that you know maybe maybe there aren't as many golf courses uh and then of course you know from a tourist perspective um and if you think think about it i mean when you and I were first traveling uh, to D Danang, and we always get get asked this, I, you know, I often have people say to me, "Oh, it, it must be fantastic going to Danang and going to Antalya in Turkey and going to you know you know places that are that are somewhat new." Well, back back then, there were very very few hotels, and you know, you kind of rough it a bit more, which which I enjoy. But now, from a from a tourist perspective, I think if you go to Danang, I mean, you probably find every single hotel chain there um so you know so you so there's no shortage of of what's a good good bedding uh and you know great great food clearly i mean vietnamese food's very good and then of course you know sights and sounds i mean hoi an's close by da nang's a great great beach town um you know you've got the the mountains near barna hills you've got the city of Huey, which is as i said it's only about two hours drive but that's probably my favorite part of uh, Viet vietnam you know it was the old french capital on the perfume river uh, you know, it had a big role to play during the, the Vietnam War. So there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of great, great history there too. Um, so I think that it's, uh, you know, uh, you know, I haven't been been back for for a, a while, but uh, I'm I'm going to stand by by saying that was it Danang, uh, you know, is probably in, in my view from what I've seen, probably probably the what's the best uh, golf hotspot uh, for golf and then for everything thing else. Now, having having said that. There are a lot of places that I've seen since that that time um, that are that are really wow, um, uh, you know, and and maybe maybe they cover a bit bigger area. Uh, I think of uh, Malaysia. Uh, sorry, not not Malaysia. I think of Bogor, Indonesia. I think mm -hmm. of Burma. I think it was Myanmar, and I think of Sri Lanka. If I just bring up a pic picture, first up, okay. I think I'll. I think first up, what what I'll do is I'll. I'll talk a bit about Sri Lanka because I think think that this is a really great, great golfing destination, all albeit that it's countrywide and there's maybe, I don't know, Micah, what are there, five or six golf courses there? Yeah, um, I, I believe that's about the number. Yeah. That, but yeah, there's some variety there. But, you know, there is great, great variety there from Royal Colombo with, with the railway line up to, you know, um, Victoria Golf Club in Candy, up in the Highlands, down to Hamben Tota um you know right 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 against the sea and then you've got you know potentially one of our favorites because i know we've spoken about this uh you know the the what's it uh new area uh, golf club which is i think it's about six thousand feet up in the sky um and it's you know it's the heart of of the uh sri lankan tea plantation area. it is uh it is spectacular and for the turf people 
watching or listening, this course is mentioned in the famous book, Turf for Golf Courses, which was written by Charles Vancouver Piper and R.A. Oakley. And that book was published in 1917, I believe, 16 or 17. And Piper had had a chance to visit there when he made a round-the-world trip in 1911. And he referred to the grass on the greens at the course at Nuara Alia as being the finest bent grass that you would ever find. And he attributed that to the climate. And it, it is a very salubrious climate. And it's, I believe it's about seven degrees north of the equator. So you're, you're basically right on the equator, but it's up at such an elevation, as Paul mentioned, that the temperature is cool. The sun is very bright at that high elevation and being that close to the equator. And it really is a, a kind of a magical type of place, just the way that the, the light shines there. You've got just the best tea in the world. And there's this very historic golf course that I think is now more than 125 years old. Yeah, you know, I would say for Asia, if there's one place that I would keep going to time and time again, you know, my my kind of happy place, it would be, you know, this 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 place, uh, Nora Elia. Um, you know, the the clubhouse is is over 100 years old. They got this wonderful library and billiards room and fireplace and uh you know you got um uh, bedrooms above the 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 main dining area so you sleep there um as is you said great tea great butter cake um um and then you know and then then the experience is is really really cool you know if if you want something ultra quirky because because so many many of the the newer golf courses you see to today are very very standardized uh and, and then they kind of follow a, a what's it rules and 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 a, a what's a pattern per, per se well this is well this is a golf course that really doesn't have many rules i mean the the picture here is i believe of the fourth hole which um you you the actual t block is i think i think just just where where this bus is but essentially the shot is over the main road <clears throat> over the i believe that's the 10th or 11th green over the 10th or 11th green out into uh, a main common area, you know, and you can see the the, the actual walkway uh, mm-hmm. dissecting the actual golf hole uh, with, with with persons walking from the one part of town to to the other. Um, so you head into this this kind of main common area where Woodset folks are playing cricket and badminton and 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 with the soccer, and then then you you know you do a right turn and you play towards a green that is surrounded by the actual city, you know, and that's and that's very very unique and very very different and um you know and there's a lot of golf holes like that yeah it's it's a cool course that when you play it you realize yeah this is what a 125 year old golf course might have been like because they haven't really changed the design very much and hopefully they don't um, because it's a committee run club and they always talk to me when i visit about uh how they'd like to add cart path or something but when you have so many crossing holes and very narrow corridors, I don't see how it makes any sense to put cart paths out there. <laughs> um, but it's it's really a cool course that's in town, and it's kind of like St. Andrews, the old course at St. Andrews where you'll have people walking across some of the holes. Um, people uh, at St. Andrews, they'd be going from the town down to the beach, and uh, here people are just going from the road to the bus stop or going to their work or going to the residence. So there's paths that go across the course on some holes and it, it weaves in and out of town. It does not return to the clubhouse uh, after nine holes and it plays on some flat land and then it goes up into the hills a little bit where people uh, will tell stories about tigers that, that were up there in the jungle. And you, you, there's a beautiful smell as you're going through this big eucalyptus forest. Um, as, as you climb up to, I think it's, there's a little triangle of holes, 14, 15, 16, or something like that. It's, it's near the end of the round. That's just, uh, some of the most spectacular golf you'll ever play. And it's all these native grasses too. It's, it's a really special place. Yeah, certainly. Certainly. You know, what's it for, for me, Sri Lanka is a very, very special place. Um, you know, 
it's very, very different from, from what you would think, really. You know, the, the food's outstanding. Um, great, great seafood there. Uh, great, great crab curries. Great, you know, if, if you love fruit and veg, you know, wonderful fresh fruit and veg, um, you know. And then, and then like, like I said, you know, the actual sights and sounds, uh, you know, within a few hours, you, you can be by the coast and kind of swimming in this, you know, beautiful crystal clear waters. And then in the next, you're up in the tea plantations and up in the mountains and, uh, no, it's uh, it's an absolutely wonderful place. So you know, so I would say you know, from from a from a golfing destination perspective, Sri Lanka would would be in my top three within within Asia. Um, All right, let's. Oh right, I I recognize that place. I've never been there, but that uh, I want to go there with a, a nice camera with a zoom lens. Yeah, no, I mean, this was uh, unfortunately taken by my phone. <laughs> yeah, so tell us where, what are we looking at here, Paul? Yeah, well, this, uh, you know, this show would probably go down as being my favorite golf trip, um, just as because I kind of headed into uh, the unknown. Um, uh, this is um, Bagan, or, or, or just outside of Bagan, a place called Mount Popper, which is in Myanmar. Um, if you looked at that uh, on the map, it's it's kind of in, in the middle of nowhere. I, I mean, I guess if there's a place that, that you want to get lost in in the world, it's it's probably probably in this area. I mean, no one's going to come and uh, come and find you. But um, but I but I had the good fortune uh, back I think about 2016 or 2017 to uh, tour around uh, Burma with the um, uh, you know it was the Myanmar Golf Association at, at the time, and they kind of arranged this 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 trip for me. Uh, to see golf, golf in Bagan, Mandalay, and uh, Yangon, uh, you know the old uh, Rangoon. Um, and I, uh, I recall flying into Bagan and then um, heading about. I, I think it was about an hour and a half drive out to Mount Popa, which is you'll see the, the big mountain there on on the left side, which is actually a volcano. Um, and then they have this this uh, this this monastery, um, and I forget get the name of it. Uh, you know, you'll have to search it up. On the web, but it's a famous, you know, very famous monastery that that's only accessible by these steps going up, you know, thousands of steps. Um, and then they've got this nine-hole golf course um, that's maintained by the the local community. You know, there's there's cows on there, and uh, you know, um, it's 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 very 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 simple. I, you know, I would think the actual maintenance budget for that couldn't be more than than a few hundred dollars a year, really. Um, but 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 what, what what makes it special is that from a lot of the holes, from the greens and tees, you're kind of looking out towards this ultra ultra impressive, you know, uh, mountain uh, with this with this huge huge uh, you know what's a pagoda complex on on top. Um, it's just it's just wow, and you know it's it's wild being there and uh, and just seeing that. Yeah, um, it looks like it looks like something almost out of a video game. Um, yeah. of like a, a like a fantasy world because it's such a beautiful temple complex on the top of this mountain with those sheer cliffs coming down and you you're you think is that real and then there's a golf course right at the base of it so yeah that that's cool that's definitely a place that uh, I would like to go yeah and you know what's a Burma, uh, I mean, I, th I think I think Burma has something like 130 golf courses. I I couldn't believe that the first time I went went there and, and was told that. But um, you know, certainly most of the major centres uh, have have golf courses, um, and you know, you know, a lot of the, these golf courses you, you you do get to experience a lot of special stuff. And uh, you know, the actual golf itself, from a from a design perspective, is very very bland and basic. But that's probably no bad thing because then that allows you to focus on the the surrounds and all the kind of beauty that that's going on. I mean, often, often from a from a golf course design perspective, I sometimes look at a hole in a really great space, and and if, if it's been overbunkered or or there's too many man-made features, you're almost drawn to to those features versus being drawn to all the the, the wonderful natural stuff going on around. But Burma Burma is a place where you know the actual golf's very very basic. But the the entire experience is just you know pretty much out of this world. And do you have a picture of that course that just goes through the field of uh, temp uh, pagodas? Yes, yes. So this is uh, yeah, So this is Bagan. Uh, Bagan. Okay. Yes. Is that uh, B A B A G A N? How did that's how is correct. that? Okay. That, that's correct. Uh, you know, and and, and I, I mean, I don't know how Bagan is not. It's not one of the seven wonders of, of the world, really. Uh, it, it, it 
it's just it's just an amazing place there's i think there's something like ten thousand ancient pagodas just just dotted about you know the uh the the land and you've got this uh, 18 hole golf course that um that meanders through all these ancient pagodas um you know and it's yeah it's just you know it's just you know you actually feel like you've gone back in time it's it's a pretty special you know and it's and it's not something that that you you would ever have experienced so it's it's ultra ultra unique um uh, i mean like i said you know the actual golf itself is is very bland but but just but just the golf experience the memorability is just uh, completely out of this world very tough place to get get to you know i'm not making a great great case for it and, and i think what's at burma right now is probably a very difficult place to get to anyway but um it wasn't an easy place to get to but but once you you're there i mean it's just you know it's a place that that you want to spend a few days just exploring um i i remember renting a bike from the hotel and every morning going out into these old ancient temples and pagodas and you know you've got all these monks and great great food I, I, you know there was a food's dirt dirt cheap there i was I was actually joking with with a friend the other day that uh, you could probably live like like a king in Burma for about three hundred dollars uh, a a month. But great food, you know, great drink, uh, you know, great great sights and sounds, and you know, very very cheap too. All right, yeah. When when the, yeah, they have an unfortunate political situation right now. Um, I don't know how much the news gets reported in north america but they've been killing a lot of political prisoners recently so yes, that's yes. big news here but i mean certainly certainly countrywide if you want to go for an experience like no other um you know we uh, as 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 golfers you want to go and play lynx golf but you know but you can go and play lynx golf in ireland and scotland and england and wales even in in holland but if you want to go and experience this, you know, there's really only one place, uh, you know, and that's and that's and that's Burma, um, you know, with all these ancient pagodas. And uh, like I said, it's like going back in in time. Um, it's uh, yeah, it really is special, uh, you know, and as this and as this is picture showcases, you know, really, it's it's a green. And then you've got these old temples and they're kind of framing the holes. And uh, it's a lovely place. So this would be something like Angkor Wat if Angkor Wat had golf going through it correct yes yes yeah um you know and you know probably probably on that scale i mean uncle well no maybe even even bigger i mean uncle what's big but this is yeah but this is just 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 a mass of uh, of of ancient pagodas cool let's see what else yeah what else uh let me come back to that because i had um there we go this is this is mandalay so this is a this is a few hours drive probably an hour flight from begun and i love that the name mandalay um but this is um a golf course called yay tagon tong which is about an hour drive out of the city um and again just absolutely amazing i mean if i if i can zoom in you can see you know you've got ancient pagodas up on the mountainside and you've got waterfalls coming down you know you know the movie kung fu panda it's kind of like that you know with all the you know these ancient uh buildings and then waterfalls and jungle and uh you know wonderful wonderful trees and uh i mean like like i said the, the golf itself is very bland but that allows you the opportunity to to kind of uh, enjoy your uh, your your surrounds uh the mountains okay. well you know what paul i think uh i think we're describing a lot of variety in the types of golf that people can experience and i hope for people that might um, be looking for these types of experiences or interested in some unique travel experiences or unique golf courses um, they can have a better understanding after uh, listening to us about what they might find in vietnam what they might find in japan what they might find in sri lanka or in myanmar because obviously it's a different uh, type of experience so the person that wants to go play some potentially top world top 100 courses by uh, famous architects if they want to go play a, a nick faldo design a luke donald img design a colin montgomery img design a greg norman design a uh did i say robert trent jones you know then do that at courses that are all going to be pretty expensive 
but they're because they're expensive, they're going to be a pretty high maintenance budget. So they're going to be and the, and they've been built to a pretty high standard. So you can go play those courses five days in a row in in Vietnam and get some nice uh, some some great food and some nice uh, world heritage site type of uh, sightseeing. You can do that, and you're not gonna you're not gonna get that same experience in Myanmar. But uh, if you're the kind of person who likes uh, a place that you really can see only one place in the world, like you said, that's uh, it's it's pretty cool for me to play these kind of courses that really have that sense of place, and you just like because um, I mean I've been to all those courses in in uh, in Vietnam. And uh, they're nice. Um, some of them I would uh, pre- prefer over others. And some of them you just drive in and you're just sort of like, okay, here's another golf course. Um, and these places in, in uh, Myanmar, which I haven't been to, but I can just tell from the pictures, I definitely am not going to show up and say, oh, this is just another golf course. It's going to be, what what am I looking at here? What? where does this next hole go? What, what am I going to find around that dog leg? And, and that's something that you really, it's the excitement of golf that I had when I was taking up the game seriously, when I was about 12 years old and just so excited to finish this hole and get to the next hole and, and see what I was going to find. And on a lot of modern golf courses, I don't have that excitement, but I have that excitement on these kind of country golf courses that are designed by amateurs and are maintained by amateurs and there's something unknown and, and uh, it, it's really an exploration of the property. It, it's fun for me, but it's probably not fun for every golfer because a lot of people like to just take off the top hundred courses in the world and that's what they want to play. So if that's what you want, <laughs> then there's, there's other places you can go. Yeah, no, certainly. I mean, that, you know, if you if, if you have a spirit of adventure, then the places that I've just listed, Sri Lanka and Burma and, um, you know, and there's a few other core courses around, um, they would certainly, certainly be high, high on my list and should be high on your list. But, you know, as you said, don't, don't, don't expect the highest maintenance and don't expect, you know, carts and don't expect, uh, you know, five-star service uh, at the clubhouse. Um, so... Well, do you do you want to show anything else, or can I can I go back to making my case for uh, Hokkaido again? Because I still have even more reasons for uh, for Hokkaido. So I think that will make a nice circle to this conversation. Yes, I mean, you know, maybe maybe you you would sort of chat chat a bit more about Hokkaido, and then I can I can try and counter that with, with maybe one or two other places. Okay, you can try. You, you can try, but I think it's going to be difficult to counter Hokkaido because we're now moving on. So, okay, Nuara Alia, you talked about high elevation in Sri Lanka. That has pretty nice weather, but Hokkaido is renowned for excellent weather. And uh, I put in this post that in other parts of East, South, and Southeast Asia, the months of May through October are generally hot and humid and in many places rainy. And if you go to Hokkaido during that season, it's really lovely temperatures and uh, quite quite comfortable and quite pleasant. Also, in most parts of Asia, there's not really an autumn. There's not deciduous trees that change color in autumn. But if you go to Hokkaido, and I put a picture here of Hokkaido Classic Golf Club in October, and it would be rare in Asia to see this type of site, but you can go up to Hokkaido and see it, which is the golf course play through the cities that have changed to the brilliant autumn colors. So in Hokkaido in the spring, you'll see snow on the mountains, and then you'll get cherry blossoms and other flowers in the spring. And in midsummer, the average temperature is about 20 degrees Celsius, which is cooler than the air conditioning is set in the other parts of Asia. So in the, you know, if you're in Shanghai or Taiwan or the Philippines, the average temperature during the summer is going to be about uh, pushing 30 degrees. That's not the average high temperature. That is the average. So you'll have a low of like 26 Celsius and a high of 34 
Celsius or something like that. So it's, uh, it's I, I said that the golfing season at Hokkaido is played in the most clement weather to be found in all of Asia. Because of that weather, we can move on to item number four, which is the grasses. In the, con- the golf courses that you've mentioned are all uh, warm season grasses. And I mentioned that Piper, when he went to Nuara Elia, said it was bent grass, but it's not really bent grass now. If you go there now, it's blue cooch, uh, Digitaria didactyla. And uh, with, that grass is also called Sarangoon grass. That's a C4 warm season grass. In Vietnam, it's warm season grasses, unless you go up to Dalat, where they have a couple courses with bent grass greens. And all those courses in Myanmar, it's all warm season grasses. Warm season grasses are can be nice, but they do tend to be a little bit stiffer underfoot. The ball doesn't roll quite so fast on the greens. Uh, the ball doesn't roll quite so smooth on some of these grasses. And it maybe it doesn't look quite as good. It doesn't look like what is the classic golfing surface. But because of the salubrious weather in Hokkaido, it's all cool season grass. You'll have creeping bent grass, Kentucky bluegrass, fine fescue, the types of grasses that one can find on some of the classic golf courses in the world, like the old course at St. Andrews or Shinnecock Hills or Hazeltine National Golf Club, the, the types of northern cool climate courses that are pretty famous and the courses are generally maintained in japan at a pretty high level of maintenance so you can have some really superb playing conditions and it's very unique in asia to be able to experience that so i i'm quite uh quite a fan as a golfer to go and play on those surfaces because it's unique it's it's completely different than what you'd find in vietnam or hong kong or or anything like that and then um I also mentioned item number five, off the fairways. There is fine dining and a vibrant nightlife in the cities of Hokkaido. While on the courses, one will regularly see deer, foxes, a plethora of birds, and even perhaps bears. The combination of so many excellent golf courses, nature, great food, and cool weather makes Hokkaido the best golfing destination in Asia, at least from May to October. But at the other times of the year, I'm going to Thailand. So that's how I closed out that post uh, on on the blog. And I really, I really think that uh, for most people, that's going to be the truth. You you really get good food. Um, right now, uh, with the pandemic, it's a bit hard to go to Japan. But in in general, for most people in the world, it's pretty easy to go to Japan visa-free. And you can just go and you get 90 days to stay. You don't need a visa. Uh, I have an American passport. If I go to Vietnam, I have to apply for a visa. It's a, it's a bit of a hassle. If I go to Myanmar, I have to apply for a visa. It's a bit of a hassle. To go to those places, uh, there's not so many direct flights. You have to take extra flights. But to go to Japan... Japan is a big country with um, a, a big economy, so you can get a lot of direct flights to go there. So you get a lot of flights, you don't need visas, it's just a lot easier. And then you've got these uh, 150 golf courses in Hokkaido, cool season grasses, amazing food and nature. Um, to me, it's just like, it just kind of wins. So all these other ones are nice golfing experiences and you might want to go do that once i might want to go do it once to experience it and because i live in asia and because i can i could go to nuara elia multiple times i would because it's that nice but i'm not going there for the golf i'm going there for the whole experience and if if i wanted to get the whole experience and go play golf like take a a boys trip golfing i'm either going to thailand which has 400 golf courses or i'm going to uh japan so but anyway yeah they, you you do make a case for those other experiences that uh because i i'm familiar with that i'm like yeah that's attractive too but i yeah. if we, i have to pick one i'm sticking with hokkaido <laughs> 
yeah, you know, because I think you know, if you if you're a very very serious golfer, i.e., you're the you're the the, the type who wants to to tick off a you know top 100 golf course, you're probably not not going to go to to Asia. You know, certainly certainly Japan, uh, but you know, Southeast Asia, the subcontinent, probably not. Um, you know, you're going to look look to go to the west coast of Ireland or you know Scotland. Uh, you know, or you know, around around London. Um, uh, you know, in terms of uh, y- yeah, so you're going to go to to Asia more for the experience, really, uh, the, the food, the culture, the sights and sounds. Um, and yet, you know, you certainly make make a case there for uh, uh, Hokkaido. Um, I think there's a you know Peter Walton of what's it Iacto you know speaks about. Um, you know, golf des- destinations being, I think, more than two or three golf co- courses. But for me, there are a few, few places in, in the world that if you're an adventurer like myself, you know, in, you know, enjoy to see different cultures and, um, you know, you're not that, that into this, you know, commercialism. Because, you know, I go to Thailand and I go to some, some parts, uh, you know, of Asia and uh, I kind of feel like I'm back, back here with, you know all of the franchise brands and and whatnot i i like like going to places where where i can experience that that culture and as a golf course architect you know i i don't just learn a lot from the golf courses i actually learn a lot from the landscapes and you know you know how, how things are done and you know what you know what would it looks like um so uh, another place that i was very very wowed by was the himalayan golf club in uh, Nepal, I, I'm not sure if you've ever been, been there, but that was a pretty, pretty special place. Not, not, not just because of the experience, the actual journey get, getting there. And I think now, I think there's an airport in Pokhara uh, in Nepal where it is at. at. But back then, um, I mean, I flew into um, Kathmandu. I had some Nepalese friends that had worked with me out in Sri Lanka and Bangladesh and you know other the places, and they picked me up. And then, you know, to get about 150 k's, it took. You know the whole day as you meander through through the uh, you know the actual mountain ranges there, but when you get to to this this place, it's you know it's pretty darn special because you've got the Annapurna uh, range, uh, you know Himalayas you know flanked behind the actual poles, and then then you know you've got this massive stream stream system running through the actual golf course and all these big swing you know swing bridges and that. Um, actually, I have a, a picture or two if I can bring bring it up. Like, um, yeah, show me, show me that. Yeah, was, yeah, you know, so this was, was a pretty special uh, trip for, for me, like I said. So again, I mean, just very, very bland. And, you know, if you're going to go there for a, for a great, ma- ma- you know, maintenance experience and um, five, five stop, you know, a clubhouse experience, well, then, you know, you want to skip this place. But um, from a, just, just an adventure perspective, you know, it's like hiking through, through the actual mountains, you know, you've got all these, these big, you know, suspension bridges. And uh, so this is a, a, a picture here of, 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 of one of a few suspension bridges that actually cross the river that actually runs through, through the actual golf course. And then all, all around you, uh, Mike, are these, you know, mountains. And then of course, you know, you've got the Annapurna range, which I think is in the, I think it's the sixth highest mountain in, in the world. On this day, it was it was very hard to see the mountains from from the golf course, but on a clear day, you know they they they're right on 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 top of you. But you can see, I mean, these are walks between greens and tees, and it's yeah, it really is like uh, an adventure. Uh, and you know, I, I you know, a one stops. Uh, well, certainly, it was a place to to go for adventure. You know, hiking and river river boat boating, and you know, the actual town of Pokhara itself is is wonderful, uh, and there's really good food and cuisine, and you know, you know, the Nepalese people are very very friendly. And then, of course, uh, you know, you have this this golf course. Now, of course, it's it's only one golf course, so you can't really call it a golf des- destination. But it's but it's a place that 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 I would highly recommend for uh, yeah, you know, maybe maybe the younger you know generation, probably probably anyone under fifty years old, if if I can say say that, but. Um, no, you know, wonderful, wonderful place. Um, yeah. Um, John Wall has been there. He's the golf course superintendent at the BRG Danang Golf Resort. And uh, I'll see if I can find a Twitter thread that he did because he went there when it was good, clear weather. And he put some pictures there that just makes it obvious that it's the most spectacular uh, golf experience in the world. 
Um, and it's like from those pictures, you just look at it and go, there's nothing that compares because uh, the the elevation change and the golf hole down there and the river going through it and the mountains going up. And it's just, it's extraordinary. Yes. And, uh, I, yeah, I, I, I think that um, Eric Anders Lang did a, a video, which you could pro- probably find on YouTube if you just typed in the Hair Malayan Golf Club. Um, but yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. It's, it's, it's just a, yeah, a one of a kind uh, experience. All right. Well, thank you for sharing that with me, Paul. I, I think that, uh, yeah, we haven't, yeah, you mentioned Thailand just a little bit that, uh, that Thailand has, uh, it's a bit commercial or you see some change Mm -hmm. or something. Um, but Thailand has a lot of variety too. And if you, um, if you seek it out, you can certainly find, um, some interesting golf courses that, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, don't don't get me wrong. I mean, uh, you know, if, if you looked at a place like Bangkok itself, I mean, you got the Bangkok Sports Club, which is which is remarkably unique and, and fun to, to play. Um, you know, and I admittedly, I haven't been up to Chiang Mai, which which I, I believe is a bit more um, authentic. And, you know, the work the work that I did was around the Phuket area. And that's a very touristy area. So it's very, very much catered for the tourists. So you know, yeah, you know. Phuket doesn't really. There's yeah, Phuket doesn't really count. There's lots of people in That's Thailand right. that just say that just avoid Phuket and just <laughs> they would be happy to never go there because the prices are so exorbitant. The uh, yeah, I mean it just it's catered for foreign uh, yes. tourists basically. So, yeah, and the and the golf courses, Blue Canyon's okay. Uh, I mean, I think that's an interesting property. Um, yeah. And Red Mountain in Phuket is on a spectacular property. And the, yeah. yeah, the other ones. I mean, I, you you did the uh, the Laguna course there. Well, well, yeah, the you Laguna know, we, Phuket. We, yeah, I mean, we did a renovation there, um, and that was back in kind of think now two thousand fourteen, two thousand fifteen. But uh, yeah, but there was an existing golf course there that, that we came in and, uh, and uh, you know, changed around a bit. Uh, yeah, changed the grasses and, and stuff. So yeah, I mean, that was uh, well received. I, I've only heard good things about the improvements that happened with that project. But yeah, I think Thailand's got some really cool golf courses, especially around some of the, uh, the some of the government golf courses. There's the... Uh, E-G-A-T, EGAT, Electricity Generating Authority of Thailand, which I believe is the government electricity generating authority. And they have a lot of hydroelectric dams. And they, when they have these hydroelectric dams in various parts of the country, it tends to uh, be mountainous areas. And they tend to have some interesting terrain and some interesting mountains to look at and they often build golf courses they have a lot of land at these areas and there's one place um, in surat thani province uh, at the rajaprapa dam which is a beautiful lake but there's uh, some the views from those holes sometimes i feel like i'm in in the alps or something um, looking at the rocky mountains that are in the background and um, there's there's various courses that are interesting. You can play in Krabi at, at another EGAT course uh, that has nine old holes, nine new holes. Um, and also you just, you're playing through jungle and it's just tremendous. And yeah, there's, yeah, there's a, a really golf, a cool golf course that I call uh, Dolphin Bay. I, I don't think that's really the name of it, but it's in Samroyot about 45 minutes south of Hua Hin in uh, Prachup Kirikam province. And that one also is uh, near a national park with these stunning mountains. And so you're, I played there with hickory clubs a couple times. Um, and it's just, it's wonderful because it's an old course that nobody's playing. Uh, nobody is, uh, uh, there's basically nobody there. Nobody's maintaining it very intensively. And it gives that same sense of adventure of what am I going to find on the next hole? And then some of the holes are like, they, you're like, the green is where? The, that bunker is what? 
that dog leg is at that that place but it's not in a bad way it's just in an exciting way it's like okay now how am i going to navigate this and there's one hole that you have to hit like driver four iron um and and the four iron the, the driver has to carry a a water feature and then the four iron has to carry a water feature but they aren't like these uh, um artificial kind of boring water features like you tend to see around bangkok these are like rugged national park they're they're artificial but they're um i don't know they're they're not shaped up the way that normal water features get shaped up on on uh, typical golf courses so you're like wow I don't have this shot, you know? And then, but then you're like, okay, if I'm going to play this hole, I need to have this shot. So you try to pull it off. And there's, there's a lot of that. And that, those are the types of courses that I often play because I take road trips around the country. And uh, sometimes I have the opportunity to stop to play golf or to just stop and, and see the grasses and, and look at some of these. So yeah, Thailand has about 400 courses and a lot of them are are in some pretty spectacular rural uh, areas with with some great scenery. Yeah, I can I can certainly believe Thailand would would, would have some some really cool out of the way golf courses, uh, as you said. You know, you you um, mentioned mountains and jungle. Have you ever been to Bogor, Indonesia? I certainly have. I yeah. certainly have. I mean, that's a great great. I suppose. I mean, that's a great destination if if, if you're looking for that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, and they've, I, and they've got got a golf course there, which which potentially is my favourite golf course actually in uh, in Asia, uh, Jaguari. Uh, at least at least the old course that uh, Peter Thompson and uh, you know you had his his son Andrew on online uh, a, a little while back, but Peter Thompson and Michael Wolveridge did that, and I think that's a phenomenal golf golf course just just sits beautifully in in the, in the land you've got rice paddy fields you've got jungle you've got these these rapids and stream systems and oh it's it's a it's a special place well we are we are diverging from uh what i told you i was going to do which i was going to make a powerful strong and focused case for hokkaido because as you mentioned that then uh i start thinking of the philippines and some of the because I agree with you about Indonesia. Indonesia has some some really cool golf courses on some really uh, great terrain. And then in the Philippines, you've got the same kind of thing um, with a lot of volcanoes and then golf courses that are up on the crater. There's a couple, I mean, just uh, you've got the courses uh, just south of Manila up at a higher elevation Um um, ar- uh, around the Taal volcano, at uh, a place called Tagaytay, and uh, there's there's a place called Tagaytay Highlands that plays the first and the tenth hole. Both play along, I believe, around the caldera. So if if you look to the right, you'd go down into the crater, and then to the left, you're you're looking out to the north towards Manila. And when you play down to the ninth hole or maybe it's the 18th hole, there's a ski lift uh, that would take you back up to the clubhouse. So that's how much elevation change there is. They wouldn't, you wouldn't even bother uh, trying to drive the cart back up. There's just a ski lift. Uh, and, and then there's the, the newer uh, course that was designed by um, Golf Plan. And uh, Kevin Ramsey for Golf Plan was the lead architect on that. That's up a little bit northwest of Manila at... Um, on Via Cove, which is just south of Subic Bay. And that one is also built on uh, around a caldera, um, the, the rim of the volcano. And that's right on the ocean. So like it's half of the half of that caldera is in the ocean and then half is is on land. And there's a resort uh, and, and residences and hotel and beach club down in the, the valley kind of in the, in the crater and then the golf course goes around on the ridge and then sometimes comes down to the ocean it's just spectacular so um i've i think i've made a pretty good case for hokkaido i'm still sticking for hokkaido but the overall message which i have to agree with you is asia has some really cool places that the reg i mean yeah this this is a place that mostly it's Asian tourists go to these places. So you get 
people from Hong Kong would go there, people from Singapore, people from India, people from China, people from Thailand. The people that live in Asia travel around and go to these kind of places and get to experience it. But it's, it is the lucky Canadian, the lucky American, or the lucky Irishman, or the lucky Spaniard who, who is keen to visit, or, or Australian or New Zealander, who get to come to this uh, part of the world and experience some of these places because they are really um, cool golfing experiences. And I guess that just tells us what a what an interesting sport or game this is uh, to have a which you as a golf course architect uh, can probably speak much more eloquently than I can about how every golf course is uh, every golf course in the world is, is is unique and and I think that now I I didn't plan to close with this I didn't plan that this was the argument because I wanted to talk about. Uh, Hokkaido being so good, but now I just uh, say, well, wait a second. There, there are a lot of cool places, and that's what makes the sport so cool. Yeah, no, certainly. I mean, I think Asia as a whole is just a, a fantastic place to visit for golf, or you know, non-non golf. Uh, and you know, going going back to golf courses, I, I you know, I had I had supper uh, a few weeks back with Lorne Rubenstein, the the writer, and we were talking about some of the the unknown golf courses here in Canada. And he said something that kind of stuck with me, and I think this applies to Asia, that every golf course has a story to tell, uh, you know, and there's no, no doubt. I mean, you know, be it Cambodia, be it Vietnam, be it Sri Lanka, be it, you know, Myanmar, every, every golf course has, has a story and, uh, you know, is, you know, is, 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 is fun and it was in some way, shape, shape or form. So, yeah. All right, Paul. Well, we've, We've gone beyond the typical time that I do an ATC double cut episode. Um, I I might uh, have you come back on the show again sometime if uh, if we have a topic that is going to be uh, like this one that that is that the both of us can just talk about uh, for hours. So um, I think I think we covered that topic. We definitely gave the double cut treatment pretty well to that topic of where's the best golfing destination in Asia. And uh, if we keep talking more, we're going to start just talking about other places in Asia that are pretty good too. And I don't want to do that because we've already talked for over an hour. So thanks so much for joining me on the double cut. Is there anything else you'd like to mention before we sign off? No, it's, it's been, it's been great, great fun. You know, it, you know, it isn't often that, that I get to speak about my travels. Uh, so, so this is, this is, this has been, been great, great fun for me to, to, to try and sort of recollect and, you know, remember some of the special places that I've been to. So thank you. All right. Thank you very much, Paul, uh, Paul Jansen from Jansen golf design and construction, and also with Pell's player greens. I thank everyone for uh, listening to us talk about places that maybe you haven't been to uh, and maybe you'll never go to, but I hope we encourage some of the people with the means and the time uh, and the interest to visit some of these places to consider it because, um, yeah, it's fun talking with Paul about this and reminiscing on, on most of these places that I've been to also. It is quite a pleasant golfing experience and uh yeah hokkaido is oh, hokkaido is a good one too i'm looking forward to my next trip there okay everybody thanks so much for listening for atc from yantakau thailand i'm michael woods <laughs>